Yahaha! We're back. Hello and welcome to episode 110 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG Fan Music Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Salvato, and joining me today is my very full panel of Hilary Andriff. Hi. Hi. I am not a panel of four. You are not. No. I know that's what my my placeholder notes say, but I was I was pretty sure today we had two people. <laughs> so I didn't bother updating my template. <laughs> So, yes, uh, if you've been listening to the show, you know that uh, originally this episode was going to be about musical games, um, and that is still happening, but it's a little behind schedule, so Hillary and I are going to bring you another uh, recent music episode in the meantime. Yeah, hopefully it should be a good opportunity to listen to some recent stuff, and hopefully you'll find something you like. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure all of our picks are things that released between April and May, maybe something in March, but pretty much all in the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's really the theme. Not much to explain. Uh, some recent things. Uh, otherwise, we didn't have any other criteria, so there's just a mix of stuff in this episode. Yep, we... <laughs> Let's see. No, inclusion criteria included remixes and things like that, so there are some of those. And original soundtracks. Yep. Original soundtracks, remixes, arrangements, uh, games that don't have soundtracks out yet. Uh, of course, I had to pick two of those because they're my two current obsessions. So, I yeah. mean, what you picked was great. So, yeah. and inclusion criteria, that is the term I was thinking of. Yes. So, all right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's hop in. So, uh, first of all, we have a song from Final Fantasy VIII, uh, Overclocked Remix's newest uh, big, big album. I actually forget how many tracks it is, but I'm going to look it up in, in the next couple minutes here, is about Final Fantasy VIII. So I wanted to represent that and link people to that album if you haven't heard it yet. So I have set the stage on fire, which is a rearrangement of the stages set from Final Fantasy VIII, Seeds of Pandora. And Hillary, what's your first song? Uh, well, after we go and set the stage on fire... We are going to go and uh, do something a little more chill with Stargazing, which is a track from the recent release of Coffee Talk Episode 2, Hibiscus and Butterfly. All right. Well, see, I guess maybe you got to burn down the stage so there's nothing obstructing your view of the stars. Stage had too many lights anyway. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go set the stage on fire and then do some stargazing.
So yeah, if you have not heard that Final Fantasy VIII Remix album, I definitely encourage it. Um, we're, we're linking the album's website in the show notes, but it's pretty cool because it's something that the founder of OC Remix, DJ Pretzel, and, along with Lion Tamer, were going to do at some point in the past. I'm not sure how long ago, but the project like fell through and just never happened. So some other people in the oc remix community decided to revive it and bring it back and not only make it happen but make it happen to the tune of like a five disc 80 track album i wonder if it was originally conceived during that time like when they were doing a bunch of you know six seven nine. oh yeah that's true i wonder if it was going to follow up on six and seven i don't know i'm glad it happened though so yeah, so each of the, I mean, they call them discs, so I, I guess you could burn them to CD if you want to do do it that way. They usually make some form of like physical copy of them. Yeah, I don't think this one has one, but maybe maybe they will eventually. But the idea is each of the discs is has a slightly different like overall theme and is based on different locations in the game. So like the first three are based on three of the gardens, and then. Somewhere in here, I, I forgot where it is. I think if you download the thing, you get some show notes and it explains what the idea is behind like the three gardens and then why disc four is just called Lunatic Pandora and disc four is Ragnarok. Um, but yeah. So this one is off of disc four, I think. That sounds right, track right? Track three. Yep. Disc four, track three. Disc four, track three. Yeah. So we're on the Lunatic Pandora disc. So yeah, I... Uh, what I didn't actually mention yet, I should have said this up front, but yeah, this is uh, this was arranged by Zach Parrish, uh, who did five songs on this album. And I I became a really quick fan of Zach Parrish's work several years ago. He did the soundtrack for Valda's Story, which is a side-scrolling 2D action RPG, Metroidvania, which I thought came out like several years ago, but it turns out it came out in 2013, which is more than a several years ago. Um, but it's a great game, and his soundtrack is fantastic. So that's that's what turned me on to his music, and then he's done so much since then. Uh, if you look at his band camp, which is also in the show notes, uh, he's done music for so many... I don't know why there are so many of these, like, uh, soccer blank games, soccer fantasy and soccer this and soccer that. And uh, I have not played any of the games, but uh, I have several of those soundtracks just because I like his work so much. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always gonna, I'm always just drawn to his stuff. So that he did several songs on here was a, a nice perk for me. And of course, like I ended up picking one of his songs for this episode. So uh, on the the album's website, there's there's actually notes, like song notes by the arrangers on every single song, plus notes from the, like the OC remix. Arrangers and panel and I was going to say to include the judges. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if you hit read more on any of these. Oh uh, yeah. 
you, you can see that Dark Flame Wolf and Dorito. Dorito? Dorito? Oh boy, I don't know. Never say it out loud. Um, like, also include comments on every track, which is like, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work on top of like a, a ton of work that already went into the album. But, um, but one of the things Zach says about it is that he he joked or maybe jokingly lamented that by the time he was done, this song sounded more like an actual battle theme instead of the precursor to a battle like it is in the, in the actual game. So I, I can see why he says that, because the instrumentation is a little more bombastic than the original version. Um, but, you know, the, it has those like really nice, rich, like synthy sounds, which I think are a lot of fun. And, you know, to me... You know, despite his comments there, like, I think it still has that sense of gearing up for battle. Um, you know, it's a different sound, but it still has that feeling because he didn't, he kept that tension and intensity from the original, but just kind of accentuated those with the way he arranged it and the instruments he used or the synths he used. So it's, even though it sounds a little different, I feel like it still has that sense of importance like, you know, hey, you know, we're still got to get ready for this thing we got to go do. Yeah, it's a really interesting track. I like it a lot. It has a good build up. It has some good different points throughout. You know, it just changes, shifts in tempo, shifts in instrumentation, things like that. It immediately uh, reminded me of a very tense place, actually, from Final Fantasy VII. I, I was getting serious Shinra building vibes from it which is actually a good example of oh. some music that's very tense but also bombastic because you have the like blaring you know synthy like brass every once in a while and like the bells yeah yeah but it's also the background is very tense and very drawn out and i think he kind of took a similar approach because it reminded me of that a lot okay yeah that's a good good comparison so i like i, I like this comment he has too I was originally going to try and just go hard using nothing but synth, but it wasn't hard enough, so I just threw everything at it. Uh, I think that's a good description. Throwing everything at it. Well, you know what? The, like, throwing everything at it, like, musically, can... I mean, I don't have an example. Like, I don't, I'm not going to, like, be like, oh, you know, you know one arranger that doesn't do this right. Um, you know, that could go wrong. I mean, it, you, can, you can do too much, and it just could be kind of messy but difficult uh, to decipher yeah not yeah. really have a, a clear like effect yeah but i mean he's obviously very a very talented arranger so uh he can do things like that and like throw everything at but it doesn't like dilute the actual composition so i enjoyed it i enjoyed hearing the really synthy kind of like graffitale runs mm-hmm. yeah you Me could too. really tell when there were hints of that, which is neat. I think yeah. it, 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 this remix accentuated them without like without saying, "Hey, here's that one really cool song from right. the game." You know that one, right? Yeah, elbowsy with Not. ribs. Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about your song. I, I I have some notes because I'm mostly trying to remember if we actually heard this in our playthrough, but I think we did not. I'm fairly sure we did not. So I'm very curious to maybe play the game a little more and see where it might come up. Um, so yeah, I was definitely just picking it on just kind of mood and atmosphere alone. And part of the reason I picked it is because it, it, I don't know, I think the soundtrack for the sequel 
is a wonderful follow-up in a lot of ways because it doesn't feel the same as the music from the first game, but it sounds like a logical and interesting kind of continuation of some of the stuff that... <laughs> Andrew Jeremy. Yeah, no, you know what I was about to say, didn't Yes. Aramy Gendrew. Aramy Gendrew. Yes, I was about to say Aramy Gendrew. In, his in-game name. I'm a huge Aramy Gendrew fan. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, it builds on a lot of the stuff he did in the first game, but I went ahead and I picked the track that reminded me of the first game. I mean, some of the music in the sequel, I don't think it's just similar. I think there are some like rearrangements of the first game. I don't think I don't think this is one of them. No, it's not. And yeah, I'm just. Those aside. Yeah. But I also picked it because I don't know exactly how to describe it, but some of the the background had a little bit more of kind of like a funk and like almost sounded like some vocals mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. That is not something that I'd really heard before near the beginning that I thought was a nice hook. And then, of course, I always like there's some really kind of high like bell like notes that reminded me of Lonely Space from the first game, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. But it's just overall, just it's exactly kind of what it promises with the song title. Like it's very expansive. You've got like the very twinkly little melody to represent the stars. Right. And then you've got that very solid introspective background. Mm-hmm. See, I I think it fits with Coffee Talk, but I also think it's it's a little more. It, I think it's one of the more upbeat songs, like comparatively. You know, it's not like the song we just listened to from. Final Fantasy VIII, but for Coffee Talk, you know, when you mostly, when you think about its music, you really think of just like cafe music or lo-fi or something like that. So it's not like really energetic. It just, it's a little bit more than I think a lot of the songs we tend to think about for these games, but I like, I like it for that. Um, yeah. What it, I think what it's missing is actually some of that. It's a less down tempo. Yeah, I mean it's not as it's not as upbeat as like some of Rachel's songs. Like that's definitely a, a very different and new addition to the soundtrack. Is that what's up? So you all might have heard us talk about this a little bit on random. Yeah, but there's a character who is musical. Well, there's more than one, but one one of the established musicians is uh, collaborating. With Aramie Gendrew. Yes. <laughs> and you get, in the game, depending on what you do, you get to hear one of those collaboration tracks. And because she's kind of a very kind of carefree, upbeat character, those are kind of probably some of the most upbeat, poppy songs you're going to hear. Yeah. I mean, it work, It really works within the narrative and world of the game of like, what would it be like if a pop star decided to make instrumental music? Uh, with, with like a lo-fi, with a lo-fi cafe music person. Yeah. Um, so like it works. It's it's really interesting in the game. So and then of course all of all of those songs are on the soundtrack as well. So this one isn't one of those as far as I know. No. Because um, it's, it's not not as you know poppy or whatever as that one, but it's still fun. It's uh it's just a, it's a little more lively, I guess is the point. And I enjoyed it. I like to describe it as glimmery. <laughs> I glimmery know. i like glimmery all right it's decided the song is glimmery yeah all right i was, wow. I, I, <laughs> I was trying to, i was trying to like shoehorn that into like a, a zelda segue but as many items as there are in tears of the kingdom i don't i can't think of that 
there's dazzle fruit. There's not shimmer fruit that I've seen yet. There's dazzle fruit and glow. Sh no, shoot. I picked up a thousand of these things. What are they even called? Shining caps, bright caps, glowing mushrooms, glowing fruit. Okay, so you glowing can, fish. So you can glow, shine, shimmer. No, not shimmer. Shimmer? No. No. Not that I've seen. Glow, shine. Gl what was the first one that you said? Bright. Bright. No, you didn't say bright. Dazzle. Dazzle. Yeah, oh yeah, dazzle fruit. So you can dazzle, you can glow, but you can't. Glimmer. You, you can't glimmer. Link can't glimmer. I can glimmer if I want to. <laughs> All right. As you might have guessed, our next song is from Zelda. Um, so Tears of the Kingdom does not have a soundtrack yet. It does not have a soundtrack even announced yet because it's Nintendo. But Breath of the Wild got a giant soundtrack, so I'm sure this one will. Maybe they'll wait until some DLC or something comes out so it's a complete soundtrack. I have no idea. But either way, um, right now we have, we have glorious game rips on YouTube. So I wanted to bring on and talk about the water dungeon theme from Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So that's what we're doing next. Followed by... I wanted to bring something on to celebrate the long history of the Prescription for Sleep series. And they recently released their third volume of just game music lullabies uh, with a lot of good and sometimes unexpected RPG songs. And one of those is the Trading Town of Redmont from the one East game I've played. Um, technically. Oth <laughs> technically. <laughs> right. I played Oath and Volgana, but it's from Wanderers from East. Or as I... And everyone else probably called it when they played it for the first time as a kid, Wanderers from Wise. <laughs> All right, let's go listen to Water Dungeon and Trading Town of Redmont.
All right, so Water Dungeon. It technically has another name in the game, but uh, it's not really a spoiler, but I'm not going to call it by its name. So, yes, Water Dungeon is what we're calling this one. Um, so I'm always going to be won over by unexpected dungeon music in games, which is why I'm in the apparent minority that likes Snowcloak's music in Final Fantasy XIV. I love that song. And what? See? And while it may seem like I'm just shoehorning a 14 reference in, this comparison is actually perfect because at least part of the theme for Tears of the Kingdom's Water Temple, well, to me, I feel like there is a little bit of a motif or a similar sound to uh, Snow Peak from Twilight Princess. Just at the beginning, there's a little bit that I just sounded like it's out of Snow Peak. And if it's not, because someone here says it's different notes and I believe you because you can pick up notes better than me but it I think it's going for a very similar sound I don't know, some like that 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 well and the chorus comes in right after and there's a little bit of chorus in snow peak yeah that chorus in, in the background um, and then just some of those notes I don't know it, it evokes that to me it's also the delivery the short punctuated like three notes three notes yeah uh-huh I can see them kind of getting inspiration from that yeah and I mean, it could be the same composer for all anyone knows, because even if there's a soundtrack, uh, we don't know. Nintendo doesn't always say so uh, who did what. Well, not only Nintendo. There's a lot of yeah, a lot of but uh, a lot of companies that do that. Like I looked at Breath of the Wild when I was looking up trying to figure this one out, and even Breath of the Wild, that soundtrack is credited to like four or five composers, but there's very little information on exactly who did what. Which is so weird. So, um, anyway, yeah. In this case, whether it's based on or at least reminiscent of Snow Peak, uh, I don't know. It is a little bit for me. And, like, in that one, you know, at least the, the feel is similar. And in that game, it fits perfectly because Snow Peak is just, like, cold. And, like, it's, like, this very sparsely populated landscape. I mean, no, no one lives on the mountain except some yetis. Hmm. Um, well, they're happy there. They have their little cabin. No, that, that was all. Yeti's cute. Yeah. Did you play Twilight Princess? I, I did. I can't remember. It's just been a very, very long time. It's one of the coolest dungeons. I mean, now now the, now dungeons go like all over the place. And, you know, especially in Tears of the Kingdom, they're getting really creative with the settings and all that. But uh, at the time, I was absolutely not expecting the dungeon to be uh, a Yeti's cabin in the, in the mountains. But, um... Yeah, so like this this really airy kind of sparse sound worked well there and similarly it works well here even though it's a completely different setting we're not in snowy mountains uh even though Tears of the Kingdom has snowy mountains um the the water dungeon is well I think all the dungeons are probably in the sky but the water dungeon's way up in like way up in the sky in in Tears of the Kingdom in Hyrule in fact it's so high that this part of the entire dungeon and the area leading up to it has low gravity. So um, your movements even feel fit with this song because when you jump, like you can jump higher and further, but it's slow and you have these little like water particles floating through the air. And it's, it's, it's kind of dreamy, like just the way you move. Um, So, you know, using a song like this really, it, it, accentuates what you're doing and how you're moving and like just the rhythm of exploring this dungeon. Um, I always love when that matches up well. I know, me too. I mean, the dungeon isn't 
like completely devoid of enemies or anything. Although it is interesting that they're all they're all mechanical. So technically, there there are no living creatures save for uh, one or two in this area. So it, it fits that you know sparse soundscape again. So yeah, I, maybe it's to signal like not much organic life here. Yeah, well, besides the water, of course, but well, yes. Yeah. So, um, oh, I forgot to mention earlier. Oh, whatever. We have timestamps. I, I, I should have said that uh, if you want to skip this, we're putting the entire fourteen-minute loop or rip on this on this episode. But uh, I'm sure we could talk about really get into details because I'm guessing when the soundtrack comes out, it will not be a single 14 minute track. It might have movements. Yeah. I'm thinking it's movements or like, you know, here's, here's the theme when an enemy you're engaged with an enemy. So the, the music ramps up. So, but you know, I don't know exactly officially where it cuts off. So I figured let's just put the whole thing in here because it's, it's such a, an easy listen that, I didn't want to cut it short. Yeah, and if you have the time, I mean, it's worth it to listen to it all together and get the full experience. Yeah. It, it also, and I think this is a little bit the instrumentation specifically, it actually kind of reminded me of some of the, like, palace music in a Secret of Mana a little bit. Oh, I can see that, yeah. Like the Grand Palace or something. Mm-hmm. Just that interesting combination of sparseness and flowiness with the piano part. Yeah, we should have more of that palace music on the show, huh? Mono palace music? From Mono palace, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I I, don't think about those as much as some other songs, but you're right. Like, they, they did really well at doing, like, those kind of, you know, especially some of the palaces really are sparse, or just, like, you walk in there and, like, nothing. Which one is it? Like, you walk in, like, there's no enemies at first, and I don't know. Just It just, the, the music, like, fit. I remember it fit the mood. You're like, huh, what am I walking into? Yeah. And some of them were abandoned, mm-hmm. or, or seemingly abandoned, and some of them did have enemies. Yeah. But, I, I mean, thinking about it, actually, from what I've seen, Tears of the Kingdom palaces are actually kind of like Secret of Mana dungeons. Yeah. A little bit, just concept-wise. You think? Yeah. Some of them have enemies, some sections of them are sparser, and, and it's really a little bit about exploration. Right. I don't know. Yeah, there's it's not like this is a monster's lair and we have to get, you know what I mean? Right, and it's not, I don't know if I want to say it's not as puzzle heavy as, you know, more classic Zelda dungeons. Because there are puzzles and there's plenty of them, but I think they're a little more varied than we're used to. And the structure is definitely different because you're not going into dungeons and, you know, trying to find the item for that dungeon and using that to solve every single puzzle. And maybe that's the difference. And maybe that's what I'm saying a little bit. There, it's a little bit more monolith because there were environmental puzzles in the mono dungeons, but it wasn't find the item, rely on that item to that's get true. through the dungeon. Yeah, yeah. That's a good comparison. And like the more we talk about it, the better this comparison is. Oh. So. And it's good that you're making this comparison because as, as much as you've had to watch me play Tears of the Kingdom, you did not see me do the water dungeon. I thought I saw a little bit of it at the beginning of it. Oh, okay. I know I know you saw the wind one. Yes. But Definitely yeah. saw the wind one. Yeah. Can't believe I'm, I'm over 70 hours now. I've only done two dungeons. <laughs> but yeah, it's a beautiful collection of music. Yeah. I, I am definitely enjoying it. And it's worth, worth noting that you kind of get to choose... Choose your ambiance by just kind of going to different areas and exploring different dungeons first, right? Because I remember hearing that a lot of people did the wind. Yeah, one like first. A, a lot of the people at RPG Fan that I talked to 
did wind first, and I was, at the time, the only one person I knew that did water first. Um, if I had to do it again, I might almost recommend people do wind first, because the ability you get there is incredibly useful for exploring. And so was the water one. Eh, whatever. Do whatever you want. Okay, let's let's finish this up so I can go play some more. Um, well, we're halfway through. Um, but no, I mean, I think I think at this point we've talked enough about it. Uh, I honestly haven't listened to any other dungeon music outside of wind, wind and water so far, but I'm enjoying all of it so far. Me too, especially the music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I I'm guessing the the reception on the music is probably pretty mixed like it was a breath of the wild because it leans way more into like ambiance and soundscapes and all that. But it, I think it really works for that world. Yeah. I mean, it, it fits the tone of the, these last two games, mm-hmm. I think. So. And don't worry when, when, when that, uh, when that dragon spots you and from a mile away and starts attacking you, you do get some battle music and there is some, some real, uh, intense, Oh, I'm going to die. As long as there's still that. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe not in the water temple? Not in the water temple, no. I was, I was just flashing back to this afternoon when I realized that when a dragon has three heads, it probably has much wider peripheral vision than a one single-headed dragon. And it can actually see you uh, behind that stone column that I was sh- certain that it could not see me behind. Oh, dear. Anyway, it went well. I'm sure it did. I only died once. That's good. Yeah. But anyway, he's three. Yes, well, while Link is, uh, you know, aiding his townspeople like he does, um, I went with a town theme from a town that I really enjoyed spending time in. Um, so a little bit of context. I was on the Oath of Fogana, uh retro episode, and that was actually my first East game ever. And I can remember, I'm not sure if I mentioned the music specifically, but I might have just saying that it like... It actually created kind of a nice sort of cozy ambiance, even if it was, you know, your standard Falcon, like kind of energetic rather than like downtempo or calming. It still created like a nice cozy atmosphere for a game that takes place in a kind of like secluded area where Adol's BFF grew up. Um, but unlike a lot of other RPGs, uh, this game centers around a single town that you spend a significant amount of time in. So I think that's absolutely great to like build on, iterate on, and remix because you have that kind of attachment. You've spent the time, um, so I'm happy. I'm happy f- about that specific song choice. But I know I mentioned like going into this block that we also. I also wanted to celebrate, you know, the large number of albums that Prescription of Sleep has done. You know, they've been around for almost a decade. Um, and this is their third volume of just general game music lullabies, but they've done a ton. You know, Mana, Stardew Valley, one I reviewed a long time ago was Fight for Your Dreams, where they turned battle music into, like, jazzy lullabies. That's a fun one, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, like, it's been, what, eight, seven or eight years since Volume 2? Like, it's been a long time since they did, like, a collection of sleep ones. Which is another thing that makes this album interesting because they did volumes one and two like toward the beginning of their prescription for sleep you know concept career and then along many 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 other more focused albums before going back to this sort of like compilation um i think it turned out really well i think they chose some great music um this this remix in particular or this arrangement i should say 
won me over because I really, really like the piano and I really, really, really like the improvisation. I think it just fits really well. And it was just kind of delightful and surprising to hear a Falcon song turned a little bit more down tempo and slowed down a little bit and with a really, really nice melody. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I mean, before anyone says, like, we are we are aware, we are aware that not everything in Falcom is a guitar, uh, although that's most of what you hear. Like, that's when a lot of times when people are talking about Falcom music. That, well, they're talking the, about the battle music, the battle which music. often has guitars. And, and this, the original of this did not have guitars. No. <laughs> um, I just, I don't think they're, their more low-key songs really get a lot of attention, at least not not in a lot of circles. So I think that's why it's such an interesting thing to see an ease game on here. Yeah, and I feel like this song is living its best life this way. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> the song is living its best life. I mean, in general, I I know somewhere in the, in the liner notes for this album, they talked about some uh, part of the idea behind this was some, you know, deeper cuts and less expected things you know even when you have something you have there is track from near but it's not one of the ones you hear get arranged a lot uh no and it's from near not automata right um same with the final fantasy 12 and 13 2 ones ragnarok online uh, ragnarok online and and the first diablo not diablo 2 and the original metroid so yeah i mean just all around like very interesting choices so Actually, do they have like a, I know they usually have kind of an overarching kind of like, I don't want to say spiritual, but sort of like conceptual theme. Like I know for the Stardew Valley when it was the seasons, I'm guessing they might not for this one since it's a compilation and not a single game. Uh, but they all also always do a, an original track. And yeah. for this one, that is called Daybreak. Right. You know, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have the PDF liner notes handy right now so i don't remember if there is a theme well if you like the song get the album and find out there you go um so as for me i am very happy this is here i mean i'm happy the album itself is represented here because it's it's i really love this series so i'm always happy when there's a new one out but i also like that you specifically wanted to bring on an ease song uh, even though i know that you and i are both more familiar with several other things on this album yep like near, like near. or F twelve, or twelve, yeah. Or for me, or for me, maybe not the first Diablo, but definitely Diablo two. Yeah. So you know me, like if if I had ended up bringing up on uh, or representing this album on this episode, I probably would have gone with the Mega Man X song. Well, I would have tried to, and then you'd remind me that I can't. So then I would have picked the Metroid song, and then you'd be like, "Look, look, Buster." <laughs> I don't know why you would call me Buster. Um, no, I mean, I probably would have been obvious and picked Yule's theme from 13-2 because I just adore that theme and that game so much. So it's good. It's good that this wasn't up to me and that you brought on ease. But yeah, I just, I think it, overall, I just think it's great that Gentle Love and Scarlet Moon took this in a different direction than, you know, a lot of the more popular styles that people tend to think about or associate with Falcom's music. So it's just, it's, it's nice getting this, this take on their music as well. It's, you know, it's a really good way of showing how, what's the word? Not flexible, adaptable it is. Which is important. It is. Okay. So are we ready for our last block? Yeah. 
All right. What mysterious place are we going to? We are going to a mysterious place from CrossCode because there's an Arrange album. A new Arrange album for CrossCode, you yes. say? Yes. I'm very excited about it. I like the original soundtrack a lot. So Yeah, me too. Okay. And then who's up after that? Who else on this panel is coming up after you? Uh, that'd be you. Oh, cool. Okay. So my last song of the day is, and I'm going to say this is not a spoiler because they have been happily promoting the fact that Golbez of Final Fantasy IV is in the new, is a battle in the new patch for Final Fantasy XIV. So this is the unnamed, as far as I know, uh, Golbez battle theme. So let us go to a mysterious place and then fight Golbez. Those are two separate thoughts, but you can also do them together. Sounds good.
I'm sorry to say that the track I picked uh, was not the one with the arranger whose name Apple decided to translate as Ah. <laughs> yes. Uh, on Bandcamp, the arranger has four Japanese characters that seem to translate to Ah four times. But on Apple Music, it's the letter A four times. So, you know, in English, we would read that as either A-A-A-A or Ah. Ah. <laughs> uh, um, I'm not sure how that composer likes their name pronounced, but uh, I'm thinking one of those is wrong. Yes, and that is not the one we're talking about, but it's a fun way to introduce the idea that there is a different arranger for each of the tracks in this fantastic uh, arrange album. But if I'm not mistaken, was there actually input from the original composer on it too? Or I'm trying to remember. I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, the original composer like produced this album. Right, okay. Along with the 14 different the arrangers. arrangers. Okay, that's just making sure that I was correct on that. Yeah, so... There was a lot of coordination, collaboration. You That way you kind of know that the arrangements are in line with what the original composer is kind of thinking for each song. Um, but you also get some takes you might not otherwise get. Um, Mysterious Place, I mean, you probably have a better idea than I do of the in-game context because you've spent more time playing CrossCode. But I just really, really like how the arrangement kind of accentuated that feeling of exploration. And I'm just... A sucker for kind of mysterious exploration music mm-hmm. and the way they just fade the different parts in and out and suddenly amp up the dyna- the volume and then it dies down and comes back it's just very very evocative for me i really got that mysterious feeling from this which is why i picked it right no no it's great at that um i'm sure i could tell you but i, I unfortunately haven't picked up crosscode in several months now and I tend not to listen to soundtracks until I've finished the game if I can help it, because sometimes those things spoil. Um, so, like, I know I've heard this song in the game several times, but I couldn't tell you where because as I'm playing it, obviously, I don't know what the track names are as they're coming up. That's so, fair. but yeah, like I'm, I'm sure it's in like some of the many caves and like little puzzly uh, side content you can do. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think this arrangement is really good at accentuating the best of Crosscode's music. The, the the quieter parts of this song are a little more uneasy or mysterious, and and it weaves between that feeling and the the more energetic synthy sounds that that work like so well, like all over the original game soundtrack. Yeah, and I think actually this is true of the original soundtrack and this remix. Um, it's very very easy when you have a song with a lot of contrast like that, for it to just be very jarring. Oh, like in the transitions. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, suddenly it's it's quiet and mysterious and all of a sudden, boom. And well, I've completely lost that feeling. Yeah. Um, But that's actually kind of a a technique that comes up a lot in CrossCode's soundtrack, but it's handled very well. Like, I don't, I can think, I don't think I can think of any points where like I found CrossCode's soundtrack jarring, but I noticed a lot of that contrast. Yeah. Whenever you can, a composer, or in this case, a composer and arranger, can can work out and have that contrast, but not actually lose the overall emotion or feeling of the song. I'm always impressed. So, you know, like I said, it's it's it, it's a little more energetic, but it's not also not the energy levels of like a battle theme or something like that. And it's sort of a like, okay, what's around this corner kind of energy, not a like we have to fight enemies in space right energy yes that's very specific i don't know 
are you thinking of Soul Blazer? Maybe. Um, yeah, like I, I wrote in my notes that I feel like it's just barely, it's just restrained enough to still live up to its namesake of, of being a mysterious place or a my curious place as I started typing that word in my notes. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> I really do know how to spell. It's just in that moment I, I, I made a mistake, even though you weren't looking over my shoulder while I was typing that one. Yeah, anyway. I like, I like fun typos. <laughs> yes. Well, it's like you're a proofreader for the site or something, huh? <laughs> uh, It's almost like I report funny typos to you in other areas of life, too. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I'm sure you agree with me on this, but I would check out the entire album. Um, it's on Bandcamp Apple Music. I'm sure it's very easy to get. So, uh, it's, it's interesting, and I, I love arrangement albums when they get a whole bunch of different arrangers in just have everyone take do their own take on different songs mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun and and i will say that if you are unlike me and you're not going to just immediately go for like the mysterious or pretty or ethereal songs um this arrange album has everything it's got you know title themes more upbeat themes battle themes mysterious themes like this one so it it's a pretty good representation of different emotions and like different moods. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last song. I'm pretty excited about this one. I am too. I feel like I'm, I'm underselling. I'm underselling this. And I know we're here to talk about the music. We're not really here to talk about the, the patch, the patch and the emotional significance to me personally, the idea that I'm playing in 2023 one of my favorite Final Fantasy games, and seeing this character that I've known since I was 10, <laughs> 10, rendered in like full 3D with a voice actor. I don't know. I just, I know Golbez has been in other games, like Dissidious, and he's been voiced, but whatever. Um, it's just, I mean, that, that mean, that counts too. Like that all of these villains and other, and protagonists have like, continue to evolve and change and be represented is cool but um but the city is not a you know a, a regular rpg i don't know I'm, I'm losing the narrative here i just want to call it dismissed dia dismissed i don't know dismissed what yeah because you're dismissing it dismissed dia yes yeah. um anyway uh maybe i'll just stick with my script here or, or or my notes no 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 <laughs> i mean i i just decided to go off off script of my own notes but uh, ever since we learned that the Endwalker patch stories would feature key villains from Final Fantasy IV, I've been over the moons. And no, I'm not apologizing for that. Um, one of my favorite things about... I really thought I'd get a glare from that. I'm surprised I didn't. No, no glare. Uh, one of my favorite things about some of the more literal references to older Final Fantasy games inside fourteen is seeing how Soken and his musical team arranged the music. The Final Fantasy three songs that we've heard in fourteen so far, like for the Crystal Tower, and some of the main themes in Shadowbringers, have just been amazing. Go ahead. I know you like Final Fantasy three. You must have something to say. I'm I'm thinking of the arrangements of like the, yeah, the Doginuna music. Doginuna, yeah, yeah, and Eternal Wind. Well, yes. Yeah. Um, and then I I just think whatever they call the song is actually called like right now we're calling it Goldbuzz's theme. Um. But it's it's a blend. It's a blend of different Final Fantasy IV boss themes, and there's a little bit of the prelude in there too, which is fun. 
there's a there's a transition in the fight, which I'm not sure if that song that part of the song always lands there, but it could. Um, it just this this collection of of arrangements and stuff. This one and the other ones in in the patches just. It, it presents Mo Final Fantasy IV as best music, but with modern instrumentation, and there's there's a bit of a vocal treatment, uh, reminiscent a little bit, and I'm sure it's intentional of some other songs in Shadowbringers, and 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 Walker, and uh, yeah, they probably want to make it some kind of cohesive. Yeah, that's the thing. Like the idea that this song from 1991 has been rearranged, and just the way it's with the vocals and the instrumentation, it fits with the other themes in Final Fantasy XIV. Even the original themes made for this game uh, is pretty impressive to me. Um, so I, I'm not sure if Soken specifically arranged this song or if it was someone else. Although, you know, the odds are he probably did it. Um, whoever did it, though, like, you know, they Soken and, and his team always take... Like, they take very good care of Uematsu's songs. So, you know... If you know if you know the originals, you can listen to this one and you can you can feel the the love and attention that went into arranging and blending these different themes together to to fit 14's world, but still hit all those nostalgic notes for people like me me who played Final Fantasy IV back in um, the year it released long ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I love it. I, I I know what's coming in the next patch in terms of fights and theoretically uh, what the music will be. So that will be exciting. I don't know if they can top this, but who knows. I also just really, really love it when uh, Soken and his team do mashups. Well, I guess they are technically mashups, but I like to call them mashups for the boss fights because you know, in an MMO boss fight you obviously, they're longer, you have different segments, you have transitions, and sometimes and you can't just like have rocking guitars for as long as these, you know, long multi-phase whatever fights. Well, yeah, not when they're like, you know, seven, eight minutes long. Right, exactly. So I think their their solution in these mashups are just really neat because they, it, there's kind of a trend of them taking an unexpected or like slower piece of music from Uematsu's work, for example, in some of these like other Final Fantasy based patches and stories, mm-hmm. and working that in. So in this one, it's the it's the overworld from four that that they sneak in for, and they use as sort of like a, a slower segment after the expected awesome gold eyes music. Yeah, yeah. And it works surprisingly well. Like they, they took a lot of care in getting the, you know, speed, instrumentation, everything just right so that it still feels like a part of the fight, just a transition. Yeah. You know, like a different segment from the main, you know, here is gold eyes. <laughs> yeah. I mean the way it's um, the way it's used in game too is is cool because it's not it's not just it's not technically just the fight it's it starts in a cutscene I'm I'm spoiling now but I'm not giving any details away but you know the cutscene leading up to the fight when you when you approach him and it's like okay well we're gonna fight now and like as this scene plays out and you you move into the area where you're going to fight him that's where the song starts and builds and then you go directly from there into the fight it's so cool yeah it's just very very fun to listen to yeah i'm i'm a little glad that they were very they were very open about him being in this patch because if they kept it secret like they have like they've been doing that for like the 
the last several patches, like a lot of times they'll be like, well, there's a trial, but we're not going to tell you who it is. And every time they, the last three, um, which by now they've revealed it. So like, you know, you've been fight, we've been fighting the four fiends from four, of course, because as a lead into Golbez. So it's just been interesting that like, we have an idea who the trials are going to be. And they're like, they don't reveal it until after the patch is out. And then at this point, they're just like, anyway, the, anyway, in this next patch, here's Golbez. You're going to fight Golbez. Golbez is there. He's everywhere. He's he's on the he's on the artwork for the patch. It's like they didn't even try to hide it, no. which good. That's fine. Maybe they just assumed everyone figured it out after the fiends showed up. On <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's our show today. We didn't pick a bonus track. No. Nope. Did you have one? None. I, I think... It made sense not to because we have some uh, long selections. Why are you looking at me just because I picked a 14-minute Zelda song? Not just you. Yeah. No, that's fine. Um, we don't really need to do a bonus track. You know, The idea was we were just highlighting some new music uh, in, in between our regular scheduled episodes. So I think we're going to leave it at this. Yeah, we hope you found something you didn't know about or something that you like or we'll check out further. Yeah, and you know if you if you have stuff that you would like us to feature, uh, any recent you know games or music that you know maybe hasn't been seeing getting the attention that maybe it probably should, uh, let us know. I'm jumping the gun here, but that is one of the next things we'll talk about is contact. So yeah. Oh, I was supposed to talk about the games that made their debut on this episode. Well, let's see. I'm gonna wing it. Coffee Talk episode two, Tears of the Kingdom. That's it. East? East three maybe. I actually, I'd have to look. I actually am not sure if we've had East three on on the show before, so that might also be new. Yeah. All right. Um, so coming next on Rhythm Encounter, I know you've heard this before, but I do mean it this time. Uh, our next two episodes will be about musical games. Uh, that's RPGs with a a musical focus or storyline or something like that, or like a musical mechanic or a musical mechanic. So that one's coming next. And then after that, we're doing a jazz and or funk episode. Um, I don't think I'm on either of those, but I'm looking forward to what everyone brings to those episodes. And I want to hear them myself. So look for those coming up next. Uh, As I said, uh, if you have thoughts on this, if you have other songs you'd like to recommend to us, uh, you can reach us at music at RPGFan.com. Um, if you want to reach me separately from there for some reason, you could reach me at mike at rpgfan.com. That's the best way to get a hold of me. And what is the best way for you, Hillary? Um, I'm Hillary A at rpgfan.com. Hillary A. Oh, the letter A. Not A. Ah. <laughs> Hillary A. Ah. <laughs> okay. Hillary A at rpgfan.com. Oh, use me for a Oh, yes. I can make an alias for your email if you want me to do that. <laughs> From now on, I'm Hillary. Ah. Hillary four A's at RPG. <laughs> You're going to get so tired of giving that out. Yeah, no, let's, let's stick to the original. Just one A. Just yeah. one A, please. <laughs> okay. Um, if you enjoyed this show, um, or if you just need a break because now we're getting silly at the end here, uh, please check out our other podcast at RPG Fan. Um, we, of course, have Retro Encounter. Uh, Retro Encounters uh, team panel, the Retro Encounter people uh, recently just finished their two part or two episode game journal on Lost Odyssey, which was something I know uh, several of our staff members were anxious, not anxious, but excited to do. So go check out their 
Lost Odyssey episodes, and coming next week is an, an emotional episode that will make sense when you see it. Um, meanwhile, uh, we also have Random Encounter, and Random Encounter's most recent episodes have been about some of the summer game shows that have started. Uh, the last episode talked specifically about the PlayStation show, which was more or less good, but also kind of weird. Uh, and and Marvelous's show that came the next day, which was um, pretty interesting, even though they did things like announce Rune Factory 6 and say nothing else about it. But we got a cool logo. Um, yeah, so check out Retro Encounter and Random Encounter. You'll find those on RPGFan.com and, of course, in any of your podcast apps as well. Um, be sure also to check out RPG Fan, and we're on most social media as RPGFan.com. You'll find us on Twitch, and I guess the last plug, second to last plug I have is make sure you also check out our shop. Uh, you can go on the site or go to RPGFan.com slash shop. Uh, we do have merchandise like t-shirts and mugs and buttons and stickers and hoodies and all kinds of other things. Um, for now, actually, now that it's June, uh, there's only six more months where we're going to be selling our 25th anniversary merchandise. So if any of that is interesting to you, I encourage you to check it out because that is, you know, as as limited as the next six months is, it, it still counts as limited edition merchandise. So be sure to take a look at that stuff. Uh, if you enjoyed this, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you know, Review, subscribe, share it with your friends, share it with your mom, whatever you want to do. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate you doing that with all of our shows, but we, you know, obviously Rhythm Encounter is the one the one I run, so I personally appreciate it, especially if this resonated with you and you want to, you know, share good music with people. Like we just did. Like we just did. And I think that does it. You yeah, have, we'll, you have any final words today? Yes, we'll continue to do our best to bring you interesting episode topics on time. And hopefully you also enjoy these little like recaps because they're also fun to do, but yeah, you know, it, maybe I should have said this in the intro, but years ago, like back when rhythm encounter started, this was part of the episode. We, we did used to have a, a section where it was on new and recent music. And then we went into the topic, but um, that's also how we ended up with episodes that were, you know, two, three, or four hours long. So now we're getting the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to make this a little more regular thing, like have some episodes focusing on new music in between some other ones. And, well, we've done it twice now, so maybe we'll do another one in a couple months. So, all right. Well, I'm all I'm all talked out, but uh, I'm happy that we did this one. This was a fun one. I enjoyed your songs. Obviously, I enjoyed my songs as well. Yeah, it was a good mix, and I've got some new music to buy. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Um, please look forward to our next episodes. Uh, let us know what you think, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>